Welcome to episode 16 of the Ace of Spada podcast, hosted by your boy right here, Anthony Spada. Guys, I am so hyped to get you guys to this episode. My guest today is Austin Current. He is an online fitness coach who runs a business called The Physique Development. It's going to be linked in the show notes right there. Today's topics, we discussed two main topics today that I'm so hyped to talk about. One is challenging yourself in and out of the gym and in life and why people need to challenge themselves. And two is finding your purpose and how finding your purpose leads to taking action and why you need to take actions that develop you in a way to be successful. We get really deep into these two. So I can't wait for you guys to listen to this. But before that, I want to shout out two companies that support me. Number one is Fitletics Clothing Company in Ohio. They have some of the best quality athletic clothing in the industry, hands down. You can use code SPADA. It's a discount. It's not a discount code. It's a support code. So it supports me directly, guys. So if you want to help me, thank you so much. And number two is Rev Up Nutrition. These guys, I have conversations with them weekly. Um, they have some of the best supplements in the industry. Everything is disclosed on their labels. You get to know what ingredients are in there, how much of each, why they're in there. They go all over it. It's great. I love using their pre-workout, Nitrous 2. That's my favorite. They also have a BCA EAA product called TuneUp. You can use code SPADA for 15% off on their site and lastly guys I have a quick announcement if you look in the link tree in my Instagram bio there is a contact information for a free five day workout program that I will personally email you and give you that so all you gotta do is fill it out write your email in and you will have that within 48 hours so you can start implementing that directly i got some cool thing else coming soon stay tuned to the next episode for the next announcement so everybody let's get to the episode so let's welcome austin all right welcome austin onto the podcast i'm so excited to have you on um i think you're one of the first guests i ever thought of having on and one of the first people to come up with my idea of actually doing this and he has his own podcast as well uh life beyond fitness it's an incredible podcast i listen to it a lot uh, i found some of my guests on my show or to get on my show uh from his podcast especially in sema uh, i related really well with that one he's actually coming on to record on thursday so awesome. people you're listening that episode will be out a week after this one so Austin, you just want to give yourself a quick little introduction real quick, and then we'll get into it. Absolutely. So I'm mainly just a coach, uh, coach and content creator, educator, um, things like that. And so I've been coaching since 2000 and late, late 2013, early 2014. And then I got more into the education side of things in 2017, 2018, 2019, you know, and, and so on. And so a mix between coaching, just gin pop, typical clients online, uh, mixed with uh, an education role of educating personal trainers and coaches as well. So it's been it's been a fun ride so far. 
Yeah, I'm hopefully going to get to your level. Um, I'm actually excited because your partner in your coaching, Alex, is coming on too. So I'm excited oh, to be a good conversation. On. Yeah, yeah, smart too. Yeah, he's he was kind of psyched out that I was having you on this week, and then next week I'm recording with him. So yeah. I'm excited to get both sides of the physique development group on this and kind of just get going. So we're just going to get started. So I think one of the things that you I've listened to on your podcast and that you've always talked about, and I always think that people need is to challenge themselves. And I want you to go more in depth on why people need to challenge themselves and why that leads to such personal growth. Because I think I stress this enough on this podcast that getting uncomfortable is when you grow. And that's from challenging yourself. You have to challenge yourself to get uncomfortable. And so if you want to kind of expand on that a little bit, and then we'll get deeper into it. Yeah, thanks. I, I think challenging yourself, one, I agree with you. It's it's huge. And I, I'm, historically, I've been quite a complacent person throughout my life. So early on, this is, I guess, early on growing up uh, and into high school, as far as at least academics go and really giving a shit about much other than sports, I, I was very complacent. And if I don't put myself in a situation where I have to kind of quote unquote rise to the occasion, I really just won't. I, I'll just stay put and keep doing my thing and so on and so forth. So I've learned this over the years, just my first exposure to a true challenge because um, sports growing up really weren't a huge challenge for me. Uh, and I think that worked against me in a lot of different ways uh, growing up into a young adult and into adulthood. I, I don't think that actually bolded well for me that, that things came easy to me as a child. So um, from an athletic standpoint. And so my first exposure to a real challenge was university. And so when I got to university, I it was kind of nut up, shut up time. And my grandfather jumped through some hoops to even get me into university uh, because my grades really weren't there. My test scores weren't there. And basically, we, we actually were joking the other day as uh, I'm starting to think more about post, post-grad post education and um, actually starting to write a book as well. And we were, we were uh, my grandfather and I were joking the other day, like, how funny is it that I just, he had to talk basically the admissions officer into letting me into university. And, you know, here, here we are doing this stuff and he says he catches he'll talk to that guy every once in a while and and kind of catch him up on what I'm doing and uh it's just cool to kind of look back and to know I didn't let that guy down uh for for making that kind of leap of faith uh in me so but yeah it kind of just returns back to to university it was my first big challenge and it was a time where I had to really rise to the occasion and make makes things happen um in a field or in a subject matter or genre of life that I had yet to do anything productive in. Um, so yeah. So as far as that goes, and then my first year of university went really well, uh, which led into the second year of university where I started to also compete in physique, uh, physique bodybuilding. And then I also got a part-time job and then I also, Alex and I started to, to become friends and hang out and start to train together. And then we started to 
think more about the business uh, that is now physique development. And so all that's going on at once. And so it was one of those things where that's all I knew. I, I knew every day that there was a challenge to get everything done. I wanted to be done. And to be honest, it, it it was a period of time that I think a lot of people should go through. And I, I think if you listen to uh, where you got this question, maybe if you listen to my kind of my shorter podcast episode over why it's important to challenge yourself, I talk about why it's so important to put yourself in these situations. And if you've never been in this situation before, it's important. I think that you experience some part of it in your life uh, and maybe plan to where you're not going to stay there forever, but understand that unless you've been there before, you have no idea what to expect. You know, you don't know what you don't know. And for me, I was always scared of this. I was scared of what was next. I was scared of the next step. And when I was in high school, it, I honestly was not excited for the future. I was really scared for it. And it's funny to look back on and and say that, but that was the truth. And now I'm not an overly enthusiastic person, but I am excited. It's hard to know. Like my wife often has to like reassure, like, Hey, are you excited about this? And I have to, you know, say, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. (laughs) I don't get, I don't, I'm not a jump up and down kind of guy. And you know, I I do smile a lot. I'll laugh a lot, but I also am not a pity laugher and I'm not a pity smiler. So if it's like, like in photos, if you see a photo of me smiling, like I had to be legitimately smiling for that or else I'm not going to just fake smile. Like there's plenty of family pictures throughout history where I'm just like, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. ask me if I'm all right. Cause it's like, yeah, I just wasn't smiling at that moment. I don't know. I don't want to just smile to smile. And I, I don't want to just laugh to laugh. Um, and I don't want to just do anything to do anything. I, I want to, it's one of the things I just want to feel like it makes it, it makes it a natural thing. And, but I, back to challenging yourself, I think it's super, super important. And so for myself, it was super important because I was complacent early on and without a, without a true challenge, without kind of a true North star, I tend to fall into different traps that I lay for myself, it seems. And one of those is a trap of complacency. And then one of those is a trap of having too much time on my hands to think. And I'll start to think about either what I'm doing or maybe what I'm not doing or maybe what other people are doing around me that maybe I should be doing. And so I, I almost give myself too much time to consider all these things when I should just put some more things on my plate and focus and, you know, yeah, start moving forward again and so times like that i think it's important to re- keep challenge keep a challenge within your life but yeah, another no. factor yeah <laughs> and so another another factor of that as well um would be to keep it within a skill set that you have so i think one of the biggest things that i was really scared of was i was pursuing a challenge within a skill set I didn't know I had. So it turns out I was actually pretty good at school. I just never had applied myself to do it. Okay. Um, and so, like when I went to university, my first semester at university, my first year at university, I, I had a 395 and I ended up graduating with, I think my last six to, six or eight semesters with a 4.0. And so, like it just, 
school actually didn't end up being that tough for me. Like I studied a lot. I actually worked very hard at it. I was very focused uh, and I was a really good student, but I I just, it did come more naturally to me than I actually thought it would, like I thought it would, but I just never gave it the light of day. I never gave it the chance. And so I think it's also important to challenge yourself within a skill set you have. And I think it also is important to realize why and why I just pointed that out is because it's okay to challenge yourself with things you don't know or within your skill set yet because you know me knowing I'm good at sports or anything really athletic based I'm not really nervous about like you you ask me to play any athletic based thing I'm pretty confident I'm going to pick it up quickly and I'll be able to be competitive um, but within academics or within something more a more intellectual pursuit it was always kind of like ah, I'm not very comfortable there don't put me in that situation I don't want to be there um, and now I'm I'm a lot more apt to just take on the challenge um, like there's a few challenges in my life currently that I'm taking on that are just we'll see how they go I, I'm excited I'm also nervous um, but you know it's just one of those things that I think it's it's important not only to challenge yourself but it's also important to challenge yourself within a skill set because within that skill set, you're going to find fulfillment, enjoyment, and purpose, and um, kind of that next step for you. So that's why I think it's really important to do. Yeah, I think we share a very similar uh, story in that sense. Um, I also was very complacent. Uh, school kind of came really easy to me uh, when I was in high school. And then when I transitioned to college, it kind of was like I wasn't as social in high mm. school as a lot of people. So like my schoolwork came first basically. So when I got to school and I was kind of just like lost in the whole social world of, of college, especially being up here at Penn state, it's like a wild card up yeah. here. Um, I kind of got really complacent too. And it was like, I realized is I wasn't putting myself or putting the effort into myself as I should have. And I kind of hit, hit that same block of, oh, I was scared of what was going to happen in the future. Like I hit this one block where I met my teacher and he told me I wasn't good enough for the major. And then that's when it kind of hit me where I was scared of what was going to happen. Like, am I going to get a job? Am I going to get an internship even? Like heading into my senior year, I was kind of nervous about all that. And I had to turn it around. And like you said, I got my, I got a part-time job too up here. Like I work at a bar. So it's like, once I got that, my time management skills nailed down and I realized how efficient I could be at schoolwork. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, once I did that, like my, I got like a 3.8 the past four semesters or something. And it's like, yeah, it's like, I became really effective at using my time and developing that skill set that I was something that I was good at and trying to make it into a career. And it was like, everything went right. And then it was like, I got an internship that I really loved. And during that internship, I got scared a little bit of what was going to happen. But it was a good scare because you only get 10 weeks to show yourself off in an internship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have to rise to that occasion. And I never rose to the occasion really as like a leader aspect before until I was put into that position during that internship. And then it led me to getting that job, which is where I'm moving to. So it's like putting your putting yourself forward is the first step to actually doing that is like you have to take action and put your step and put like yourself forward because if you don't do that and you stay reserved, nothing really is going to come to you. You're kind of just going to be stuck. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people now do is that a lot of people in this world are just stuck 
because they're kind of too afraid to take action and move forward with things. I think there's a lot of things, there's a lot of things to be scared of within action because you really start to learn more about yourself when you take action. Like, are you capable? <laughs> are you capable of doing it? Are, are you worthy of doing it? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, are you good enough? It, it's, it's scary to know the answer. And if you don't yeah. take action, it's easier not to know. And so one thing that really stuck with me, I think when I was, I got really into self-development around 18, 19 years old, which was really clutch because I was hanging around with a really wrong crowd. Um, you are, you and I are quite opposites in terms of, uh, in terms of how, how much we gave a shit about school in high school and how social we were in high school versus university. Because I almost, if you just take the exact opposite of both of our situations, I think it's pretty yeah. accurate. So when I got to college, I became much less social. Um, and from the, from the onset, I, was very efficient with my time, very effective with my time. I wasn't very social, uh, but social when I needed to be, because I'm quite an introverted person regardless. So I didn't need a lot. I don't need a lot of social interaction to fill my cup yeah. up there. So as long as I got, like I, I had a roommate who was extremely social and basically he brought enough people around or he wouldn't, you know, we'd have a kind of a group dinner a few times a week and whatever, you know, it kind of filled my cup up socially. So but I think it's super funny and you know I think a lot of that there's something that goes within that as well and I've seen that happen with many of my friends and, and colleagues throughout my career and, and whatever else but it's kind of just and my roommate like he was he had very strict parents he had to get very very good grades in high school and and then when he got to college he became this like wild child of rebellion and and it was yeah and it's just like I I had no, I had next to no rules when I when yeah. I was growing up. Like, no curfew. If I wasn't going to be home, I had to just all I had to do was shoot a text, and it was fine. There was never a question. Um, yeah, even I if I didn't shoot, a, yeah, and I, if I didn't shoot a text, it was fine too. It's just like, hey, you should have shot me a text. And so, like, I just had no rules. And so, when I got to college, I was like, I feel like I already experienced what I wanted to experience. I took chances on what I wanted to take chances on, and. I didn't really need it. And so that makes it tough to know how to be a parent, I guess, yeah. because you never know how your kid's going to turn out. Because if you don't pay attention and you don't set rules, they, be, they get themselves into too much trouble. But then if they don't get into any trouble at all, once they're out of your household, they're going to go wild. So it's really hard to know how to parent. I, I think we just have children and honestly, they're going to turn out how they turn out. Obviously past the the biologically like the nurturing phase of life and yeah. the, the cerebral development as a, as an infant into, you know, toddler, toddlerhood and into childhood, like past that point, I think once you, once you're past the age of like seven or eight, it's kind of just like, I don't know you, what's going to happen. Like it's, it's, yeah, like, it's random chance. Like, yeah. I hope you just don't, don't go to jail. I don't know. Like, <laughs> at that point, we'll just see how you grow up, I guess. I, I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, no, totally. I think that's the way, I mean, being 22 right now, it's like, that's a very far off thing for me, but it's like, I think I was hearing Emily Duncan say it, like you, you're around her a lot. And she talks about like, I heard her multiple times on different podcasts, talk about how she'll raise her kids. 
Mm-hmm. It's like she wants to raise her kids, like let them go and learn. If, you have like, to let them learn. To, yeah, like that's what you need to do. Like you need to let them go off and do what they need to do. Yeah, and I heard Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, I was watching an interview with him. Uh, I'm a big fan of his work and just the way he thinks, honestly. And he was he was telling the story. Like him and his wife, uh, his wife has a doctorate in uh, something like mathematical physics or something like something crazy. Like she's yeah, crazy smart, wicked smart, yeah, wicked smart, right? So they're both obviously crazy smart, and but they Neil was talking about like how they raise their kids and how it's important to have them remain curious and why it's so important to allow your kids to, to have these learning experiences and learn for themselves. Like it, kids aren't meant to be neat and tidy. Kids are meant to be chaos. And you know, it, he was telling the story about, he was walking in the park and it had just rained a bunch in New York. And basically this, they were walking along this, this mother and son were walking along this path. The kid was like three or four years old. And he was watching this happen and he was like, please let him, please let him stop in the puddle. Please let him stop in the puddle. And she basically had him walk around or like picked him up and walked around the puddle and didn't let him explore what that was going to happen and learn about the world. He's like, and he was just, he was just saying how important was like that natural universal feedback he would have gotten from that experience from stomping in that puddle and getting wet and understand how the the amount of force i'm putting into this water is a similar correlation to the amount of water that's going to be forced upward um and it, it's just like it's it's all these little things that it, it's so important to experience and yeah and i, I think it's it's one of those things that going back to the kind of the main point of what, you, what we were bringing up is kids take action. Like, I think it's one of the most inspiring thing kid, kids do and they take action without any care for what's going to happen. And I think that's powerful. And I think that's something we can, we can learn again, relearn from children. And I think another thing we can relearn from children is one moment you're upset and the next moment you're, you're fine. Like nothing ever happened. And I think that's another thing that we could take into account account and take into consideration that's the reason i don't hold grudges and i think i think it's a waste of time and i think it's a giant waste of energy um but i I think that's one thing we can learn learn from children is to take action and just learn from what's going to happen obviously as an adult you have some more responsibility so hopefully take a responsible action like something that's going to be index productive but at the end of the day universe rewards action and that's essentially when i what I was saying, like when I was 18, 19 years old, when I got into self-development, that's one thing that really stuck with me was the universe rewards action. So just take action and see what happens. And hopefully you take enough of those and do it enough and be consistent enough and learn enough from what's going on and what's happening that you'll turn out all right. Yeah, I think definitely, I think as uh, I think a lot of people here, uh, Joe Rogan, like a lot of people make motivational things of what he does and i think there's like one quote that he talks about they're like oh like i have kids i have a family how am i supposed to take action like you were saying it has to be somewhat reasonable in your it's situation responsible action yeah yeah, yeah you got to be able to do it within your own means and i think as like 
as like my age or even as you have done in the past, it's like we're allowed to take more risk than it is. And Gary Vee even says it, and you take it a lot from all these guys, is that as you're young, just do it because you don't know yeah, what it's going to lead to. So like just, just do different things until you find what you love to do. And then, like you said, challenge yourself within that skill set to expand that and make that what you want your career to be and what yeah, you want I, your life to be. And I honestly now, and I, I, I think one of the questions kind of asked something about this, but when I was younger, I couldn't have told you I would have been doing anything I'm doing right now. Like, honest to God, I owed no clue. Like, if you'd asked me in high school, no fucking clue. Not even one. And so, even in early college, no idea. Like, I went to school and early on, I... I was interested in becoming a physician assistant. I was interested in maybe becoming, getting into more of the physical therapy side of things, maybe occupational therapy that ended up being too slow. And a lot of old yeah. people are super bitter about being old. So not really my cup of tea. <laughs> and so I just think there's better people to to do that. And so I I just didn't know. And I, I knew it was going to be something with, with the, the body itself, with within anatomy, within physiology, um, but I had no clue. And then I, there's points where I'm just like, well, maybe it won't be. Maybe I'll get into something else. Maybe I'll do this. And yeah. Once you, one of the most liberating things that's ever happened to me was kind of the whole concept of kind of meta learning, like learning how to learn. And once I learned how to learn, things really freed up for me. Like I, I wasn't scared anymore. Like I'm yeah. still nervous about things. Like I still get a little anxious about different things that I'm doing. And, and I think it's a good nervous. It's a good anxious. And sometimes it's not, but it eventually becomes that. And I, I just think it's, I think it's really, really important. And yeah, I, I think it's good. Yeah. And I think leading on to the next thing is like, how do you apply this mindset to like your clients in that like, how do you challenge them to kind of make the most of like not only your time, but their time with, with you and like that, I don't know what your minimum is, but it's like probably three months. I'm going to assume. Right. Generally. And, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, how do you make them use that three months to probably each, over a year of time to maximize themselves? Yeah. I, I think each client is, no, their own individual and each client is their own story and their own background and their own experiences leading into that coaching experience with, with me or with you. And so to challenge a client is to really try and meet them somewhere between where they're coming from and where they want to go. And if you're able to challenge them from the standpoint of not only where they're coming from and expanding on that, but also where they want to go and set goals that are enough ahead of where they're coming from and in line with where they want to go that they have to rise to the occasion as well. And so for each client, it's going to be a bit different. So for some clients that like I have clients right now, it, the fact that making it to the gym four times in a week, that's, that's our goal. That's, that's what we're, we're striving for that. And then I have some clients that I have to basically scold to not go to the gym seven days a week so it's like hey stop you know chill <laughs> um i programmed a five-day phase like 
you shouldn't be in there seven days. Clearly, what we want ha- what we want to happen isn't happening because of things you're doing extra or things you're doing on your own time um, that isn't really in, in line with what we what we talked about and what we planned for. So, I think meeting people where they're at and setting goals for for your clients is something that has to be done on a really individual level. And you have to really get to know, and I had a podcast episode with uh, Cody McBroom yesterday, yesterday. Yeah. And we were just talking about the importance of communication and communicating and getting to know your client is so, so important. And it's not just this transact, at least the way we coach, it's not a transactional thing as much as it's obviously there's a transaction there to, to get paid, but the biggest part of it is, all right, now that we got that taken care of, let's have a in-depth conversation. Let's, let's fill out this in-depth questionnaire and then I can ask you questions about it. And then I'm learning your behavior as the weeks go. So weeks one, two, three, four, five, and six, like I'm learning tons about you. I'm making notes on my own. I'm forming my own ideas of what will make you tick what drives you what are your friction points what are things that that typically get in your way when you're trying to achieve a goal and then how do we how can we sidestep that um how can we set up different habits or different ways to go about our day to allow us to succeed within that framework that you that you call that is your life um you know so do you have kids do you not have kids you know do you have are you in a relationship that is unsupportive of what you're trying to do are you in a relationship that is supportive of what you're trying to do is your partner involved do they want nothing you know they want no part of it or are they basically making fun of you because you're trying to better yourself because they're insecure about how shitty they are like there's so many things you learn about people um and somewhere in there you you really you learn more and more how to meet them where they're at but also sort of you're one step ahead two steps ahead kind of holding your hand out like hey Yep. grab my hand when you you're off balance you know and over time it's just they get better yeah uh i'm having him on about next week i'm recording with him next week so nice. i'm recording with him the day after alex so i couldn't be more excited to have him on too because we're going to be That's talking exciting. about communication and he's like an absolute content master he's so, a machine man yeah he is an absolute machine with podcasts i don't get how he turns out things so fast <laughs> Takes he's got a team week. man he's yeah no he's got a team and you know he's got he's got people behind him that allow him to to flow the way he does but that's something he's set up for himself so it's it's very powerful and yeah yeah he's an absolute machine yeah no i think communication is definitely i talked with uh maddie fusaro on mm, this yeah that's the person I had on that we talked about. He was one of my first episodes I had, and we were discussing client communication and how important it is for them to be truly honest with where they're at. And I think that's the most important part for us as coaches is that the honesty is where we're able to see how to challenge them. And yeah. I think that's like, I have a client right now, like my one client that I'm working with for the past eight weeks. And like, I'm constantly, she's like constantly improving so it's like, I'm just like, all right, well, you're being challenged enough. It's like five days in the gym, two days rest, cardio every day. But it's like, you're good. And she's like, yeah. that's it? And you're like, yeah. I'm like, you're being challenged enough and you're constantly improving. It's like, I don't need to change anything. But I'm here. If you ever lose your shit or you lose anything that you need. And it's like, 
she's like, I just want to learn. And I'm like, all right, well, then there you go. So yeah. I just sent her over everything that I'm learning myself right now through this process of like gaining and I'm sending mm-hmm. it to her because I know it challenges her to keep on learning and it's improving her. Like she, like right. her physique's changing like completely. And it's like, I'm not doing that much. I'm like trying to get her to notice that it's her doing it and not me. I'm just the one kind of just here, like you said, just holding her hand if she needs it. But it's really her doing the work and me just reading data and then applying, making some changes if necessary, which have been, which have been very minimal to it. But it's like, that's the way that I challenge my client. At least that's the way I see it, is that I'm going to take that from you and that you need to be one or two steps ahead, but you can't be overbearing. Because we were talking about this, Maddie and I, and we were like, if you're overbearing, it's just not going to end well. The client isn't going to want to, like the client doesn't have enough room to grow themselves. Oh, absolutely. I, I think if you're, yeah, and it's, I mean, you have a overbearing parent that doesn't allow you to to learn and yep, grow exactly. and to experience life, you know, it's, it's the same concept. And so you get out into the world or you ha- even have a, an overbearing professor, a professor that holds your hand too much, or it's always there and it never makes you think. And some of the best professors I've had are the ones that help me the least in terms of what I think is help, but they're helping me the most when it comes down to it, because they're putting in, they're putting me in a position to succeed, to be challenged but they're not going to give me the answer. They're not going to make it easy for me. They're going to make, they're going to challenge me. They're going to make me go out and find it myself. They're going to make me go out and do the work myself. Uh, if I, if I need X, if I need secondary information, I got to find those sources and then interview them or find, find out more about that. And they're not going to, they're not there to, and if like yeah. they need to be there to make a connection for me or, Hey, I want to reach out to this guy. I know you know him. Can you connect us? Then yeah, they're going to be there for it. But, and same goes for for us coaches, you know, we're going to be there for you. And I think not only to challenge your clients physically, but also emotionally and, and mentally and intellectually is, as well as important because that's how they do learn. And they're learning from that feedback, from that physical feedback, from that emotional feedback and intellectual feedback and everything else. And they're putting and applying these things each and every day. And the more they're learning, throughout their experience with you, whether that's a month, two months, three months, six months, 12 months, whatever it is, they're going to come out of that experience a better person overall. And then hopefully they have a better physique to show for it as well. And and they're going to because they're just all around an improved version of themselves. Yeah. It's also that a power of accountability that you have someone else over your shoulder. It's just like, they like you know they're there and it's like i get that with my coach right now and i'm like i know he's there but i love being in the gym it's a whole different thing to me than another person who maybe doesn't like to be in the gym that we need to teach them that they that like it's good to be in the gym and the gym is a positive experience because some people have very negative experiences with the gym to begin with so yeah, working with that, but I have a absolutely positive love for the gym. So he's like, I've been banging out PR since we started and we started like six months ago. So it's like seeing myself progress and then going through what I just went through this week where I got really sick and I had to be off and I'm still really sick. So it's like getting this time off has really shown like my gratitude and everything towards the gym. And I think that's like an emotional thing I wouldn't have had if I haven't had my coach now. 
just because like that's what I feel like I'm learning best from is him and him just like being so supportive towards our case and having this time off to just really this like think because I can't do anything else I couldn't go to, I couldn't go to class so I just had like a ton of time to just think and I'm like oh shit but then you're like yeah. really motivated to get back into the gym once you take yeah, that one of the one of the biggest inspirations and motivations for me to create the content that I do is one of my or my main goals with the content I create is to give confidence back to that person that has little confidence for the gym. So why I do the you know full full length like tutorial videos on YouTube and Instagram and like these different platforms and I try to break it down as simplistically as possible and and re- touch on setups, common mistakes, just execution points that may help are for people that are scared to go into the gym and not know what to do. They're going to feel dumb. They're going to feel stupid because there's a lot of people in there that know what they're doing. And I have, I'll share one of I have these observational thoughts. I was actually going to post, post these today, I think. Uh, let me find them really quick. I was going to post these today, but these are just some thoughts that kind of came across my mind um, when I was in the gym the other day. And one of these, I won't read all of them, but one of them was, it was number four, was just because you're more muscular or experienced than someone else does not give you the precedence to a piece of equipment. You're human, they're human, you're both trying to improve yourself. Because I... I observe at the gym that I go to all of the time when bigger, more muscular, experienced guys are extremely frustrated and agitated at the fact that someone lesser, you know, quote unquote, lesser than them or some elderly person or some injured person is on their piece of equipment or just some person that's just smaller than them. It's just they think they have that right to this machine because well I'm here all the time I this is my and maybe Jim should have a special fee that you know you pay a thousand dollars a month and you get to just knock people off the equipment they're on like maybe they have that but you know it, at the end of the day like you have no right over the other person and there's a time where that becomes very intimidating and if I wasn't experienced as I am in the gym I there'd be definitely times where I was intimidated by these guys and so in terms of motivations for creating that type of content it's just how can i give some confidence back to these people who don't really know much about it and want to learn more yeah oh i think those people those people that are in the gym using those equipment is some of the best things because sometimes you see the hardest working people aren't the biggest ones like rarely honestly yeah yeah (laughs) those guys are actually really the biggest are actually the hardest working people it's people like me who are actually still small on the smaller end, just wanting to improve day in and day out. That just go in the gym and they kill it, and it's yeah, so. I would say you probably outwork me twofold. Oh well, I try. <laughs> I, I I try. I don't think I'm there yet, but I mean, I just go in and I just try. I try my best to hit a new PR sometime every single week, but that's just my training philosophy, and that's the way I like to train. But that's just like everybody's different when it comes to how they like to train. But people who I see go. F- go nuts in the gym that even if they're not the biggest person, but they put in the effort and you see them 
trying their best and they're using good form actually it's like the best thing ever it's like kind yeah. of get like a doubling hit off of them and then it leads to you performing better and it's insane yeah i love but, it too man so yeah so i think this was i think honestly talking about the biggest person in the gym um might live up to someone's true potential if they want to and there's people in the industry and there's people not in the industry that have different types of potentials that they find. Um, so let's discuss finding and living up to your true potential. Cause I think finding someone's true potential is the hardest thing to do because people are always self judging themselves on everything. And it's kind of like our next topic where we're going to talk about Instagram real quick. And it's like, and I think having that social media there is so bad for someone's potential because you have such comparison syndrome to other people and it really kind of sucks because I go through it. You will probably went through it. Other people have gone through it at any point in time. And I know it's tough to try to find, it's tough finding my true potential through all this social media madness. So if you want to go into how to even find your true potential, I think that's even key. Yeah. I went through a lot of this thinking and early 2018 and I think potential itself is a moving target and I I think thinking of it as this finite resource can cripple you in a way that knowing that you may not be on the right path now is working against you later on which may not be the case and So, and the fact that you may not be on the right path now towards where you think your true potential may be later on in life may actually benefit you because uh, I'm reading a book right now uh, from David Epstein, his book uh, called Range. And it's all about uh, basically how to be, a, why being a generalist is a good thing. And kind of talking, his first chapter is all about the difference between Tiger Woods versus Roger Federer and like these, the the come up stories of these insane athletes who have honed their craft for the best in the world at what they do and honestly unmatched talents. But one, Tiger hitting golf balls since he was four, beating adults since he was 11. And it's just like, that's all he ever knew. That's all he ever did. But he struggled with life outside of golf itself. Yep. And you have someone like Roger who grew up, you know, being, I think his mom was a, a tennis coach or something and she refused to, to teach him. Yes. There were times where she not only just didn't want to do it, um, but they even, there were times that they told him like, Hey, this is getting a bit too serious. Maybe we should change sports. Like you seem to be, you're too serious about this. Like you need to start having more fun. And so they would take him out of that and put him into something else. And, and so he got all this experience in, in multiple things. Um, and I think it's important to realize that, or something I've realized for myself is that potential is always kind of in flux and it's always kind of this moving target that you, you you're working towards but you may or may not ever reach it but that it's kind of the, the sense of working on process thinking versus outcome thinking um, and getting lost not in the outcome of what's going to 
hopefully occur in the future, but getting lost in the process of even trying to reach it to begin with. And so understanding that potential itself is, is just kind of always in this moving target. And if you're not on the right path now, just keep working, keep trying to challenge yourself within a skill set you have or finding new skill sets you may have or and then trying to hone those and work hard within those and you're going to move closer and closer to whatever that potential is for you and understanding it's not this finite thing it's not this predetermined marker within your life that oh you've reached it you know, because yeah. if that was the case, some people would reach it at six years old because they're just insanely smart or insanely talented or, you know, maybe they, they reach it at 14 or whatever it is. Right. And then but that's just never the case. That's not the case. And I think where we see quarter life, midlife, all these different crises yeah. <laughs> are people realizing that the potential they thought they were striving for they thought they had reached and then they realized quickly that well that wasn't what I was really aiming for was it and then they get lost within well what am I aiming for well I don't know I've already accomplished things I thought I ever wanted to accomplish I've done all the things I've bought all the things I've you know x y and z I achieved all these different things and so I, I think it's a moving target and I think it's important to realize that and I've realized that and one thing that I have started to think more about in relation to potential is not only one, you have to, success lies in the met metrics that you're tracking. So potential of what is a good way to kind of, if someone were to ask you or you're kind of talking to yourself internally and asking yourself this question of how do I kind of find a potential, my, whether it's true potential or how do I find my, my life's potential and work towards that? And I, I think it's important that you're asking yourself, what type of potential am I even working for, working towards? You know, is a potential of things involving financial security, financial freedom? Is it productivity? Is it, you know, X, Y, and Z? Is it, is it career achievement? Because there's so many different types of potential. Like, and there's the potential of you're just a really good person. So you're this, this altruistic, amazing person. And you've reached your personal potential of being a great person. So I think not only success lies in the metrics you're tracking, but it's one of those things that I think you have to answer the question of what am I even grading myself on? Because I get lost constantly, especially over the last few years. What am I? Because I ask myself the question of how, what is my potential? Am I working towards it? What, you know, how do I get there? And over the years, because I was asking this in 2018, the beginning of 2018, like January 2018, I remember. because so we just got back from Australia and I was just kind of lost and trying to. It's when, one of the first times I ever really started to think introspectively and ask these questions to myself. And I was just learning more and more, like, how am I grading my days? And I've started to think more and more recently about it, and that's kind of where this moving target theory comes from, because I think it's a daily moving target. And it, 
to take it day by day, week by week is a lot easier to, than to take it year by year or decade by decade, you know, and think about this thing as a, as a fixed finite target in 50 years, you better be there or else you're going to be, you know, sorely disappointed. And so at the end of the day, what kind of potential are you looking for within yourself? Um, how are you tracking it? How are you measuring it? And it may be easier to break it down a little bit more and ask yourself if you can make it easier on yourself. So one of those things like, <clears throat> so true potential, best self, all these different things that we're kind of say or, or kind of measure up to. One of those things is not getting too lost in the superficial or external drivers of what that means. So, you know, don't base your self-worth or your best self based off of the money you're making or how productive you were today or tomorrow or, or, you know, yesterday or whatever. And thinking more about measuring your sense of best self or potential based off of, was I kind today? Was I a good person today? Was I loving to a partner, a friend? Was I there for a friend when they needed me? Or was I distracted and elusive and, you know, just not there altogether for them? Was I just giving them blanket answers because I knew that would fill the time and I wouldn't have to actually think about it? Or, you know, so I think those should be more of the measures for best self than, well, I was super productive today, best self, hashtag best self, or... I uh, had, a, had a crazy successful financial month, hashtag best self. And it's just, you learn quickly that that's not actually what you're searching for when you're thinking or trying to find that best self or that best version of yourself. So I think if you can, on a daily basis, look back and tick the boxes of was I kind, was I a good person? Uh, did I, you know, help someone else? Um, was I unselfish? Was was I there for a friend or my loved one or a partner or whatever? And I think if you can tick off those boxes and answer those questions, that's going to lead you to a better, or at least lead you on a better path of finding that true potential or best self. Because along the way, if you're living that life every day, you're going to be in a better place mentally. You know, you're going to be in a more positive mind, mental state, and be able to achieve these other things that you're even striving for to begin with. Yeah, I think... I think the best way that I look at it is on least for at least for this, at least in the podcast sense of what the potential is for this podcast. I'm always like, I'm happy if one person listens to the episode. It's like, I think that's what we all strive for is that at least most of us who are not driven by making a podcast for money or making it just for whatever. It's like, we're in it to impact is like, who do you impact? like looking back on it it's like that's who that's how i get my potential and my happiness from is who have i impacted from this it's that random it's i always try to shout out on my on my post and everything it's like who do i who randomly dms me saying they were impacted by someone saying something on the podcast or by me saying my story and giving someone else a voice it's like that's how I judge it, at least in this retrospect, is that my podcast is not for me to 
any like sponsorships or whatever. It's not made for that. It's made for me to impact others. It's just a way tool of kind of getting me out of my shell and making myself interact with people that I normally wouldn't get to speak with on a regular occasion. And it's like those people. And then some people come out of the woodworks on Instagram and they message you and you're like, you get a conversation with them. And then that leads to more impacting them because you get to get deeper on the subject. And I also realized that like, I think it came to me over the summers that like, like you said, like when you went like last year, when you were kind of lost on what it is and like that, it's a moving target. I think it's what I went through when I was in my internship. I'm like, well, this, this is me now, but it's like the day in day out things are the things that count because you don't know who you, you can affect a different person every single day of your life. Like yeah. that's the way you think about it. And it's like, just getting those responses are incredible on this thing because it's just like, cool. I'm impacting. It's like ridiculous who you might reach. Like I've reached like 15 countries now or something like that. And you're like, shit, that's unreal, I mean, man. You're like, you reach 15 countries. It's like, that's yeah. like kind of unreal. And you're like, people are hearing your voice in that many different places and it could ever expand. And like, it's like, it's cool seeing like where this thing could go. And I've got it from some people saying it could be big. Some people kind of doubt me, but it's like, I love just like doing it. And I think yeah. when you do what you love, it's when you impact most people, which is that's your potential is your impact is like, I think that's why it's such a moving target is because it's there's an infinite amount of people on this world to impact. Like, yes, there's seven, whatever billion people, but it's how do you reach those seven billion people to impact each one of them? Yeah, and I think, I think I, sorry to interrupt. I, I think no, to, I think there's a place too that you, where I drive a lot of, <clears throat> I've been thinking a lot about like this, um, a lot about this lately, and. I've been being asked on podcasts about it as well. And that's kind of more or less the sense of purpose and maybe where I drive, derive purpose from in that, in that regard. And I, I've never really resonated with the helping X amount of people or, you know, it's common among coaches or content creator. Like I want to help a million men achieve their goals. Just, I never resonated with that. Like yeah. I don't, I can't put a number on what I want to do um, because I think not only is that limiting but it's also potentially detrimental to my motivation to even do it because let's say I'm doing great work let's say I'm doing my thing but I only impact a hundred thousand well shit dude you're way under your goal but hell you just impacted a hundred thousand people. people yeah so why am I upset you know and so I think for myself I've been able to find more peace and comfort within just really focusing on impacting those immediately around me and just trying to be there for those immediately around me and create for those immediately around me and, and keep, it can keep going. But that ripple effect that it has could be, like you said, like it's infinite. It's There's endless potential to not only who's going to listen to my voice on your podcast, but my podcast and other people's podcasts, and then who's going to find, you know, us on Instagram and then tell a friend about it. And then they tell an uncle at a, 
you know, a party that never liked to strength train, but now he does because he got on and he's like, oh, these these videos are so helpful. Now I can go to the gym. You know, it's just like it's yeah. the little things. And I think over time, once you just keep doing it daily and keep showing up daily with by trying just to impact, or at least for myself and finding purpose on just impacting that immediate culture around me, that immediate community around me, that helps selfishly fill my own cup up. But I think it at least does the thing of creating that ripple effect of, let's say I just impact that one person today. Well, maybe they, at their lifts, or later on that day, like they're with a group of guys that they tell this story to, or they, they say, Hey man, like I, I heard, you know, Austin talk about X, Y, or Z on this podcast. And, and then I, you know, now I've impacted this group of five dudes who then maybe go and tell other dudes. And it's just this, it's this crazy yeah. ripple effect of what the potential is of your words and your actions. So yeah, I, I think in terms of just seeking purpose, I think it's, it's really important to, not only seek purpose within, um, but also just locally. Yeah, I think I like we discuss this uh, as my topic is finding your why. It's mm-hmm. like why you do it, and it's like I do it because not a lot of people have something. There's a lot of people who have had similar stories to what I've been through, and then it's like giving them a voice because not a lot of people talk about. Uh, going and maybe committing suicide and it's like then going through I just released my episode with Brad and I discussed kind of how I lost my how I kind of hid my anxiety from through drinking and everything last year and I had a revelation over the summer that led me to stopping to really kind of stop doing that and it's like it's just been through it's kind of been through just like a lot of different things and giving a voice to people is the most incredible thing. And I think that's why people do things is what they do. And like you learn it from Jason Phillips, or at least I have is that like, it's all about impact. Like that's the person I learned it from is that it's literally just about impacting the people around you is like, that's what leads to true happiness. I think Gary Vee tries to get that across by talking about, he goes to people and he's like, some people make $40,000 a year and they're the happiest people in the world. And then some people make millions and millions of dollars and they're depressed and sad. And I think it's because some people lose that, that true gratitude and happiness that they once had. And I think it's just finding a way to keep that like, just like alive in someone that like if I can change someone's life or change a decision that they were going to make that's huge and it's like myself altering people's decisions is probably one of the biggest impacts I could possibly have yeah that's powerful man yeah and I think with that I think we're definitely going to have to get you on for another episode because yeah uh, we're going to touch on the other subjects and next time we get you on um, but we're headed to the end here. And I think this is a good stopping point for us because this has just been a lot. And I think so many people are going to take it away just from these two topics that we were able to discuss today. And I know I am with three questions. I ask every single person. Uh, the first one is if you could lay this podcast down to three things, what would you want the listener to leave with? If just three things. 
just to summarize it all up. Yeah, I think it's important to challenge yourself and challenge yourself within a framework that makes sense and a responsible one that makes sense. And to do it within a skill set, not only you enjoy, but one that there's hope for a future in. Because I think it's easy to get lost in doing something that maybe someone else told you to do that you don't, you may not enjoy or you may not be very good at. Um, and I think there's something to be said for people to pursue things they may not be good at yet. Um, and if that's the case, then shoot for the stars, man. I'm, I'm backing you. But I think it's important to challenge yourself and challenge yourself within that skill set. And then in terms of understanding potential a little bit more and seeing it not as a, a finite thing, but as a, something that's constantly in flux and constantly a moving target for, for yourself. And remember that taking it day by day could be a lot more productive than taking it decade by decade or basing yourself on the past 10 years or 15 years and judging yourself there. And then I think the third one is just to realize that your success lies in the metrics you're tracking. And if you're trying to find success within something or you're trying to find potential within yourself or pursue a different, a certain goal, just remember that it does matter how you're perceiving this and it does matter your outlook on it. And it matters why you started it and the motivations behind that. Like I said, I said this on my story the other day, within motivation, there's motive. You need a reason to be doing it. And so realize that within what you're trying to achieve, it's important to have a good perception or a good outlook on your success and how you're measuring that success. Because it's easy to get super lost in what other people's opinions are or what other people think you're doing or how people other think other people think you're doing. You know, like let's say you're you're an excellent coach and you have a, a business that helps enough people and it supports your life and you're really happy. But someone sees you and they see that you don't live in a as nice of an apartment as you quote unquote should or you don't drive the car you should or you know, like, and then that makes you feel like you're not successful. You're not doing what you need to be doing. And then you, you, you become something you shouldn't be. And you start doing things you shouldn't based, you know, that aren't, that are no longer based on this motive. And so I think those are the three things that I, I'd want to leave people with. Yeah. Those are great three things. I think it absolutely completely sums up this whole podcast within about 30 seconds. <laughs> and then, uh, Second to last question is uh, three books and or podcasts that you uh, recommend everybody to either read or listen to that is not your own. Yeah, absolutely. I would not. I would not have plugged my own. Um, In terms of in terms of books, I so I love the subjects of the brain and evolutionary biology because I think for me to know how we got here in the first place 
and to realize kind of how our brain works for and against us is pretty powerful and it can give you a lot of insight into what this life is and not only what you can make of it but basically how you can keep yourself from sabotaging it and or at least understanding why you're sabotaging it yeah. uh, a little bit more uh, but I really enjoyed the book Sapiens I, I okay. love that book I think it's an excellent read for anyone just to learn a little bit more about humankind and the impact not only early humans um, and the fact that there were different species of humans out yeah. there um, you know homo sapiens were not the only ones and it wasn't this linear evolution of Neanderthal to X to Z to you know it we coexisted with many different types of humans and we happened to come out on top based off of a certain skill set and brain mutation that allowed us to expand our mind and resources and our brain got bigger our guts shrank and childbirth became harder and you know there's things things happen but the way we were it's super interesting and the way that we're able to survive as a species as a human as homo sapiens is 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 a cool story whether you you like the subject matter or not it's a cool story to read and it's something that i think it's important to know as you are a homo sapien as you are a human um and then i I really like i think people that listen to this podcast would really enjoy uh ryan holiday and his books um so i'd recommend uh for some of the things we talked about today i think I'll just the, the, his three books I think are are really yeah, good. Yeah, three books. I need um, to read them. Yeah, and he has more books than that. Uh, but his three his three like main popular books are "The Obstacle Is the Way," "Ego Is the Enemy," and "Stillness Is the Key." And those three books, it's kind of a book trilogy that I think is worth reading for everyone, um, especially with people that I think listen to this podcast based off the questions you ask and the guests you have on. Um, and then. Anything from Mark Manson, I think, is powerful. I like his outlook on life. Um, I like the way he gives information, and I like his writing style. It's it's easy to read. It's it's comical, but it's it's it rooted in yeah deep deep psychology and old stoicism and ways of ways of thinking and philosophy that may not be as obvious to you and I, but Mark's able to read these things and then able to turn it into kind of a modern day comical comical way of putting it that you know like just his like his disappointment panda and like he's able just to create these either these environments uh, for learning more about yourself and challenging yourself and you know giving less fucks about the things that don't matter and more fucks about the things that do matter and then understanding you know like in a second book understanding nihilism and understanding the sense of nothing matters but yet everything matters so maybe you should give a fuck about these things and just like we talked about today the hope for a better future and the hope for reaching our true potential but just how 
impacting one person around you could completely change that person's life or have the ripple effect to change many. So I think, yeah, that I like sapiens. I think it's a powerful book. I think it's a fun book to read for me. Um, a lot of people may not think it's fun, but I think it's great. It's a great read. Yuval Harari is a, an excellent author and just, a, a great thinking mind in our world. And, and then Ryan Holiday's books and then Mark Manson's books, I think are, are great. Yeah. I definitely got to read both Ryan Holiday's and Mark Manson's books. I really haven't read them. So I need to do more reading. Uh, <laughs> Working late at night doesn't support that, but we'll find yeah. a way to get it done. Uh, and then last question, uh, it's kind of a shameless plug time. Uh, where can people find you? Um, where can they find the podcast? Anything that you want to give about yourself, it's your time. Awesome, man. Appreciate it. And so just mine's quick. So you can find me on Instagram. That's where I hang out uh, at Austin Current. Uh, if you type in Austin, A-U-S-T-I-N, it's the bearded guy. Usually pop up first. <laughs> and and then just the podcast, uh, Life Beyond Fitness. And it's very similar to this one, what you just listened to. It's very free-flowing, conversational, uh, just trying to have deep conversations, having good conversations with good people. And that's what it's all about. But yeah because you can once you find me on instagram all the links are there to everything else that i'd want you to kind of poke around and see so just find me on instagram go find the podcast uh give it a listen give an episode a listen and let me know what you think yeah definitely give definitely give austin Kern's podcast a listen because it's one of the best ones i've found uh you and ryan doris episode probably one of the first ones i'm having him on again i'm excited excited. i want to get him on so badly yeah, like he's, he's a hard just, man to get in touch with. I know. I had to like spam my. I've been like spamming his Instagram DM for so long. <laughs> yeah, but, he, he'll go on like three month hiatus where he he'll eventually get back to you. But yeah, yeah. but I got to see him on. So that's my that's my big one for the that's my big one for the year. I'm okay. Yeah, with that. As a, he's a he's a great guy. Yeah. So everybody definitely go give him a follow. Definitely give his podcast a listen to. Subscribe if you like it because it's worth the time. So thank you again, Austin. I really do appreciate it. Um, look forward to having you on for a second episode so we can reach on the other topics that we didn't get to reach on today. And everybody, thank you for listening. This has been episode 16 of the Ace of Spada podcast.